0: we are back thank you for tuning in once again this is todd sylvester with the todd inspires belief cast thank you for joining in and tuning in week after week and more importantly thank you for sharing our episodes we are trending on apple podcasts and google podcasts because of you guys and it's so fascinating to watch and i've had such an amazing lineup of guests and you guys already know this that i'm you know who tune in week after week and and I, I can't believe how there's just so much good in the world. There's so many good people in the world. And today is no different. We're joined by a very good person, Jessica Fru. Jessica, thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, you guys are going to love her. This this woman, as my wife would say, is a firecracker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, my
0: wife's a big fan. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, I love the way you carry yourself I'm so grateful that we've connected finally and to do this, which is really cool. You're in town for a few days, yeah. so we, we squoze you in here. So I'm glad we were able to make that work out for you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I just think it's so great when we can actually meet in person. Yes. It's just a, it's another level of connection. It's so much better. Yes, it I is. love doing
0: this. And so let me give you a little background, guys. Uh, well, uh, before I do that, I got to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery Drew Peterson with Veracity Networks, Hill Institute, and Living Recovery Interventions. You guys uh, wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without your support, so thank you so much. We also have some silent sponsors that don't even want recognition, mm-hmm. who are pitching in and helping us market and do all that other stuff, so thank you guys. I love you. Again, so much good in this world, so many good people. Um, so a little background on Jessica. She's a wife, ex-wife, mom, stepmom and a bold action taker. That is an understatement, I think. Um, She has an incredible story. You guys won't even believe the story, honestly. And it's, but it's also very inspiring. Uh, She has her own successful podcast called Husband-in-Law that she records with her husband, Matt, and her ex-husband, Steve. (laughs) You heard that correctly, folks. Uh, Together they are sharing their stories of love, marriage, coming out divorce remarriage and co-parenting to help others know that they are not alone thank you for doing that seriously i think right now in this world and with my clients and the people i deal with every day that is probably the number one thing i'm hearing is they feel alone yeah right for sure sure. you are too right yes people you're interviewing and Mm -hmm. reaching out to um they also co own The Bold Logic, a company devoted to helping people leave behind feelings of anger, resentment, bitterness, to be prepared to take bold action and find joy in their lives. Jessica is a firm believer that knowing and understanding what it is to what you really want in life can can boldly create a life you love no matter what your circumstances. She mentors women uh, who are struggling to hear their own voice again to clarify that they need to make it through the emotional fog which they find themselves in and embrace their inner unicorn. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. But again, you are helping so many people uh, and you're a voice of people who probably do feel alone most of the time. And I shouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of the time. And um, I just, again, I'm really impressed with just your passion to make this world a better place.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Likewise. So why don't we
0: start, um, there's so much to talk about, so why don't we start, though, with where did you grow up? Tell us about your childhood.
1: Yeah, so I grew up mostly in Boise, Idaho and Pocatello, Idaho. Okay. I was born in Boise, um, and then we moved away out east for a little bit. We lived in Pennsylvania and Ohio for a couple years, and then back to Boise and then Pocatello. Um, That being said, I've kind of lived all over the place. I've lived in Maryland, Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Colorado, and Belize. So kind of a spattering. Yeah. Um, Growing up, I was raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I am LDS, Mormon, however you want to identify that. (laughs) And I had two older brothers and my mom and dad. um, And really a very uneventful childhood, (laughs) which I always just... (laughs) relish like I'm like that is very rare I feel like and yeah. just loved my life growing up it was pretty easy I had two older brothers who picked on me but also loved me and I yeah. knew that sure um, typical sibling stuff and I think the one thing that was very unique in my childhood is I remember in junior high um, when I would sit down and say my prayers at night I remember thanking my heavenly parents that I was who I was mm. and just loving myself, which I realized wasn't something very many girls had at my age
0: or anybody.
1: Yeah. Really? Everybody's getting caught up in trying to fit in and yeah. giving up who they are to fit in with these other groups. And there was something that I recognized early on that I just wanted to be me. And the more I was wow. me, the more I got to connect with people and be a part of all of these yeah. different groups. Instead of just one group, I got yeah. to kind of fit in all over the place. And so that was something that I always really acknowledged and recognized in me that was a little different. Yeah, and uh, my mom, my mom always said, she's like, you know, when you see your kids and they, they go out on the playground and they just make friends with anybody, there's no hesitation. Like right. they just assume everybody wants to be their friend. She's like, you never really lost that. You just kind of yeah, kept just going. Yeah, it going. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. I think that's pretty accurate description. Like I just like, I like people and I like being friends with people. And so, um, I found the best way to do that was to be myself. And so I I continued forward than that. Um, And
0: again, I want to point out, I mean, that is so rare mm -hmm. for any of us to know it at that young of an age to say, hey, you know what? I'm comfortable with who I am. I mean, there's people my age who are still wrestling with that, right? Oh, every age. Yeah.
1: Every age. And it's just something that we really genuinely struggle with and I think there's I mean I, st- I have moments of that for sure, sure right. I mean that's just normal and real Being and human yeah. yeah yeah um and also getting to know ourselves as we continue forward through life and different things that come up is like oh this is new <laughs> who am I in this situation yeah. what do I want to be what are the things I want to take away yeah so um yeah. I graduated from high school. I went to ISU. I started out as a vocal performance major and mm. then started hating singing because it was <laughs> required of me.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: so I switched. <laughs> I, I graduated in family consumer science, which is home ec. Uh, okay. Absolutely loved it. It was the perfect fit for me <laughs> and um, all of the things I love doing. I met my first husband in college. And so I met Steve. Um It was kind of funny. We lived a block away from each other. And I had never seen him until the first night I met him. But he had seen me. I'd walk in front of his house to and from school every day. Uh And he said he'd see me at the language lab all the time. Um, And then one day he came to a choir concert to watch a mutual friend of ours. He files in with all of these other girls. I swear there were like 10 girls that sat (laughs) down in the row in front of me. And there was nowhere for him to sit. And so he sat by me. And by the end of the night, he had my phone number, and we went out the next day. Wow. And it was just like we wanted to be together any chance we could after that. So it was crazy.
0: I mean, I mean, it's funny how like sometimes fate works that way. Like the, like, the only spot was next to you. Like, yeah. It makes you wonder. If that spot was taken, if had you would have ever connected like that. Yeah. Right?
1: How my life would be different, and I yeah. would not want my life to be different. So I'm glad <laughs> it happened that way. And it's interesting, too. Like, yeah. I was about to stand up and leave because I was having a bad day, and I was like, why am I here? I don't even yeah. want to be here. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And then as soon as I was, I was about to stand up, and then Steve sat down, I was like, okay, I guess I'm stuck here. Like, there's a cute guy sitting next <laughs> to me. Guy. It's okay. I can
0: talk to him, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll make it through. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we continued forward, we met in February, and then we got married December 21st of that year. And um, I always hear people talk about, you know, how the first year of marriage is the hardest and all these things. And I did, we did not experience that. Not to say that there wasn't a lot of learning that went on, (laughs) but it felt easy and natural. Um, And, and I should back up a little bit. A few days before we were married, Steve came to me and he's like, Jessica, I need to tell you something. I want to be honest with you. I have always struggled with pornography and it's and like a, a lot of it. And it's mm. an issue that I've been trying to work on yeah. and that I that I don't love about myself. Yeah. Um,
0: what a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. Right.
1: And I sat there listening to him and I, I thought, you know... I've been taught pornography is bad as well. And Mm -hmm. what do I do with this? And I just remember feeling so at peace and so sure that this is what I was supposed to do and where I was supposed to be. And so, yeah. And I didn't talk to anybody about it. I just trusted my own instincts again. And um, we continued forward and we got married. So, Things did change with that about six months into our marriage when I stumbled upon a whole bunch of pornography on our computer okay. and I realized this is all gay porn, which is something I had no idea. Yeah. So it's all men. There's not a woman in sight. And I was like, okay, we have a whole nother thing to deal with here. Well, there are some straight men I know that are into gay porn.
0: Right. Um,
1: sure. They're few and far between. And so I just thought, you know what? I guess this is where we're heading and I asked Steve that night I said hey are you are you gay mm-hmm. um what's going on and he was just crushed and totally and he 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 like went away from me like he what am I trying to say I can't come up the words um kind of closed off for me for like yeah, about he, three iso- weeks
0: isolated yeah yeah
1: and he'll say now he says you know I had it was the first time in my life I had let myself think the words. He still told me he wasn't gay. At that point, he was like, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Um, But he said it was the first time in his life he thought the words, am I gay? Or And then he's like, I am gay. I'm gay. But he still couldn't come to terms with that. He still could not vocalize that um, and was still very much in denial. And I was like, okay, so we'll continue yeah. forward. I'm gonna trust that when you're ready to deal with this, we'll we'll figure how, this out.
0: How are you feeling though? Like, I mean, that's probably kind of a a scary thing because here you are, married to this guy, and you're wondering if this is the road he's going down. How were you feeling at that time?
1: You know, I was. I mean, I there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of processing that went on, but with that, there was still a lot of peace in. And just how I felt about it. I okay. really felt Steve and I were meant to be together for whatever reason. Yeah. And I just trusted that. I trusted mm. my gut instinct that this is where I'm supposed to be come what may, basically. Yeah. Um, and about a couple years later, well, a year and a half later, he was in counseling and the counselor was like, okay, these other things we're talking about are issues, but really, Steve, you're gay. And so that's kind of the first time oh, that okay. Steve started accepting that part of himself and really acknowledging that he was gay. And, um, at that point I, he did eventually tell me and we decided to work through that together. And it was at that point that I was like, I started doing a lot of reading and understanding and educating myself. Um, at the time I didn't know this term but basically about mixed orientation marriages and whether Mm -hmm. they were successful or not and how they looked for people and over and over again it was just these stories of you know there was a lot of betrayal and a lot of hard times and I remember just sobbing reading through these books but also thinking I can do this whatever we decide I can we can do this um I I was confident in who I was I was Sure. Steve loved me. Mm -hmm. And so we continue forward. And I mean, amidst this, we're also like going through infertility treatments and it's like all of these things like in the thick of it. And so we we were both it didn't change anything. Um, I mean, on some level it did. We had different conversations after that (laughs) and, uh, and totally accepted it. I mean, we talked about it got to the point where it was just such a regular thing for us to talk about that we would, I mean, I'm like, I want to know, I want you to feel comfortable embracing this side of you. I want you to understand this isn't bad. This is just who you are. And, um, and
0: this is you telling him that.
1: Yeah. Like kind of working through.
0: Well, and and I just want to pause there for a minute. How, like, again, it goes back to maybe how you were when you were little, where you're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to love everyone. I'm going to be, I, I don't, I'll hang with this person. I'll hang with this person. Mm-hmm. You knew who you were. You were comfortable with that. You were, I think it, I, I see that correlation there. Yeah. Did, have you ever put that together? In...
1: I, for sure, think it was yeah. correlated that yeah. I, it's I, amazing. I honestly believed that I was in some ways prepared for this. Yeah. And, um, in those moments of just, you know, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I needed to take care of myself amid all, amidst all of this, uh-huh. uh, which I really, made a priority of hey I'm going out for a run I got to process some feelings and also coming to Steve and being like I need you to tell me some stuff like I need to talk to you Mm -hmm. you don't have to do that right now but please like when you're ready I need you to open up to me because my brain's going a million miles a minute of all these things that could be going on Um, because there were moments when Steve would shut down and, and not talk to me for days just because he's trying to not he would still talk to me, but not like really engage like he usually did. And I knew he was going through something. And so then I'm of course going, well, what happened? Um, So there were, there were moments of that, but we also communicated about so much of it. And like I said, to the extent that I knew guys that he found attractive and different things, like we just talked about all the things because I didn't, I never felt that it was wrong that he was gay. I've never been, I know there's people who grow up and feel like, well, if you're gay, that's a bad thing and it's choice you've made and all those things. I've always firmly believed it's just something that's the way you're created. Um, These are real thoughts and feelings you're having. It's natural for you. um, Even if we don't understand that. And so, he he did not feel that way, though. He felt very much like it was a choice he had made and that it was a flaw within himself. Oh, wow. And so there was a lot of working through that because I knew who this man was and the good that was in him. Yeah. And so I wanted to help him see that as well. Yeah. So basically, our seven years of marriage kind of felt like <laughs> creating this safe bubble hmm. for Steve to be ready to come out. Um, he told his mom about a year before we got divorced that he was gay. So she was the only one in our families that knew there were some people. We went to support groups, uh, for pornography and for gays within the Mormon church. And, uh, so there were people that knew within those groups, but other than that, we'd kind of navigated this whole thing on our own with a little bit of support from our church leadership and things like that. But, uh, so when, he, he did end up having an affair about six, well, like a few months before our seventh year wedding anniversary. He had an affair and we tried to work through that. Steve says, he always says, I, he felt like I'm just going to do this.
0: It's going to mm-hmm. be done.
1: I'm going to feel horrible. It's going to feel gross and wrong. Yeah, right. And uh, then I can move past this because I know it's wrong. And he told me, he's like, it was the opposite. It felt natural and right and oh, he's like if right. he said it felt wrong in the fact that he was cheating on me right and that he was did something that hurt me he told he owns all of that um but the other aspects of it he's like it it felt right and natural. And mm. so we tried to stay together and work through it for a little while longer and it was a mess. So we ended up getting divorced. We actually dated again after we got divorced because we are still just like, what do we do? This yeah. is so crazy. We yeah. love each other. We support each other. Sure, yeah. um, and Steve was struggling with, you know, how does this look in or out of the church and how do I continue forward, uh, leaving behind everything I formerly believed. And so, we, we kind of worked through it for a while, um, but then just realized that we could still create a relationship that worked for us. We could still be friends. We can still be a a part of each other's lives. We did, I forgot a very important detail of this. We did have a daughter. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, that's an
0: important part right there. That is a
1: very important part. (laughs) She was born, she was two when we got divorced. Okay. um, Had just turned two. And and so there was another, of course, purpose and meaning for us to stay friends and to make things work. Absolutely. And one of my greatest fears of getting divorced was that I would have... I never wanted to be that family where, you know, she gets dropped off in the morning for school. The other parent has to pick her up. We can't be in the same room together. And I just thought I remember sitting in a hotel room towards the end of everything. Um, Steve and Penny were taking a nap and we were we were in the process of getting divorced at that point. And I remember sitting there thinking my greatest fear around this is what this looks like for my daughter. Yeah. and and like I said, I don't want to be that family, and that's the only type of divorce I'd heard of or for ever sure. seen, yeah. and yeah. I just thought, you know what, though? We can do what we want. <laughs> we can make this into what we want it to be, and so we started, Steve and I started lots of conversations of how we hoped our divorce could look, yeah. and the friendship that we hope to maintain, and um, the life that we hope to create for our daughter, and it was still, we still felt... Similar in the important things about her life. We still, you know, wanted the same things for her and we still do to this day. And so we just from day one tried to model this relationship that we want. And I want to point something out.
0: That's beautiful. This is a, a testament to you and Steve and the good people that you are, because I love because it would be easy to be bitter and you, just like all these other divorces, a lot of them go in the mm-hmm. wrong directions and then the kids are the ones that take the brunt of it. And for you guys to make that decision, that's not easy. No, it's right? not. But it does say a lot about you and, and Steve and, and the type of people that you are and how lucky for your daughter yeah, who um, was able to benefit from you two being respectful to each other, still showing love and concern and being there for your daughter in that way, I just I want to just point that out that that's pretty amazing and very rare.
1: Yeah, it is rare, and I do feel like this is something that can be done later on. Like even sure. if you've, oh, yeah, I mean we made can plenty of mistakes <laughs> along the way of yeah. messing up and um, doing things that were hurtful and painful to the other person, but making a conscious effort to to then own that and be able to say, hey, I'm I'm sorry. I, this was not appropriate. This was not my intention, but these were the things I was feeling. I made a mistake. And we just own that and gave each other a lot of grace through that time. And again, like those feelings of bitterness and resentment and anger, like those are real yeah, for anybody going through a divorce. And so it's important to acknowledge those, um, but also to see, to keep your eye on what's (laughs) the important thing here. And it really was, our daughter for us like it and and we did love each other and we just for sure chose to focus on that the parts we really loved about each other yeah. um and we have continued so to to this day i mean steve is one of my best friends and <laughs> uh, so awesome. he calls me when he's going through hard things and uh-huh. vice versa and um i am remarried and so obviously matt my husband is my first go-to yeah. but i remember probably when penny was about seven she asked steve one night she said steve or dad who's your who's your best friend? And he goes, "Penny, honestly, your mom is still my best friend. Like wow. Matt is now her best friend, and I am so happy for her. I love and support that and yeah, whatever, right. but but she's my best friend still and and having this conversation with her of, that's that's who you want to have kids with is yes. your best friend. And we oh. didn't we never want you to forget that that you were loved. We loved each other. We created you because we loved each other. And, um, just, he had that whole conversation and I just, I'm so grateful <laughs> that we can have that. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I met Matt, actually, Steve and I and Matt all moved into the same ward randomly within yeah. a few weeks of each other. Okay. And so we were all going to church together and, um, Steve and Matt became friends first and I did not know who Matt was. Steve and I were still in the thick of figuring out our lives and uh they became friends and they would leave to go mountain biking from my apartment complex and when i knew things were really done with steve um we are on the end. I happened to meet Matt one night when they were leaving, mm-hmm. and a few nights later, Steve and I were talking about how things were done, and we were ready to move yeah. forward, and we both were at peace with that. <laughs> I said, "Okay, that's great. Um, I'm going to marry Matt Frew." And he goes, "You just met him?" And I'm like, "I know, but I'm going to marry him." <laughs> I always make fun of people who say stuff like this, and yeah. I still cannot believe to this day that I actually married him. But um,
0: wow, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, so it was kind of nice that they had already met each other and were friends they didn't know each other well but right. they knew each other and uh yeah here well, we are
0: <laughs> again we said at the very beginning you're very bold you, and it sounds like you've kind of always been that you speak your mind you say things that are bold mm-hmm. you kind of live your life that way it was bold for you to, to make a decision to say hey we're gonna make this the best that we can for our daughter yeah, I mean that's a bold move. It just is. It is right, mm-hmm. and I, I see why that that's why that's how you kind of live your life. You're you know in yeah. that way.
1: Yeah, and growing up, I was <laughs> I was gonna when I was talking about my childhood tell you yeah. the one of the things the whole be bold thing came uh-huh. from my dad. Okay. I grew up with my dad always telling me to he'd say be, be Jessica you need to be, be which meant be bold. Yeah. And um he would and and to me that always meant I needed to do what felt right for me in that Mm -hmm. moment. And so that is that gift that my parents gave me. It wasn't just my dad, but I just remember my dad saying it often of listening to myself and then doing what felt right to me. And so, and that's the be bold way. It's not about, you know, being loud and in your face. I have a shaved head. It's not about that. Like those types (laughs) of things. Those are the things that resonate with me. And I do because they feel right to me, but, but it's about knowing yourself well enough. And taking the time to get to know yourself well enough that you can show up in a way that feels real and genuine to you. Doesn't mean you have to yell or scream or whatever, but gaining that clarity um, so you can show up for who you want to be. Well, let's talk about that
0: for a minute because I, you know, the clients I'm dealing with on a daily basis without fail, because one of the things I help them is to be able to answer that question with conviction. Who am I? Mm -hmm. And, and, and you're just pointing out how important that is. Uh, in our lives, how do we, how do we do that? How do we figure out who we are? And, and if, if someone's listening to this right now going, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. Like how do we get there and how did you maybe, how did you get there?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I f- feel like the, one of the main things, <laughs> I don't know how I got here. I just ended up here. <laughs> There's a lot of intention. That's how yeah. I ended up here. Okay. Love it. Um, mm. But one of the main things for me is, and, and that I teach, the women I work with is to silence the noise. We have so much noise in our lives telling us how our lives should look. Um, whether that is church and religion, whether that is society in general, whether that's you know. Um, just your own thoughts and perceptions. Yeah. Social uh-huh. media is huge in yes. informing how we feel like we right. should look and how so we true. should do life and our past experiences and what we've seen. I mean, I talk about divorce and what I had seen. and I'm like, well, this is how divorce should look. Yeah. And thinking this is what I'm heading into. I don't have a choice. And then realizing, no, I do have a choice. I do have a choice. We yeah. always have that choice. But I think the key is to silence the noise a- enough that we can hear... ourselves and hear what it is we really want and then be bold and have that courage to act on it.
0: And I have found
1: the more you are willing to listen to that and hear yourself and then take action, the more you get to, the more you hear, the clearer you hear yourself. And the more you take those moments of stepping back and saying, I need to listen and check in with what it is I really want. Um, It just... It starts to come more freely. I really encourage people to, specifically social media. I'm like, if you leave somebody's page, their stories, their feed, whatever, and you feel less than or like you can't live up to what they're doing, mm-hmm. and and they may be doing wonderful, great things. right? Maybe this is not the time for you to be following them. Maybe mm-hmm. this isn't the time for you to yeah. be uh, trying to aspire to what they're doing. Yeah. And you step back a few steps and you unfollow them or you silence them for a while Mm -hmm. until you are maybe ready to feel inspired instead of feeling like comparative instead of comparing yourself so i feel like that's one of the things i really encourage people to listen to they're like oh well i can't do that because of this and this is how it's supposed to be and this and that and i'm like you can make excuses all day but i hear what you're telling me and what it is you really want figure out a way to make it happen
0: wow i love that so beautifully said thank you for sharing that wow that was powerful. I hope you guys wrote some notes down. Rewind it if you need to, because that was really powerful what she just said. I love it. So you end up ma- marrying Matt. Right? Yes. Yeah. And um and you know you're you're still friends with Steve and mm-hmm. talk about that dynamic and just you know because I know that it kind of just expanded and mm-hmm. and you guys are a very unique uh group of people. Yes. But in a great way.
1: Um. So Matt. I married Matt. Matt has two kids as well. Our kids are three years apart. So each of them are a year and a half apart. And in that process, I always say for me... Remarriage was way harder than the divorce was. And I Mm, honestly might believe that that's kind of true. Remarriage is really hard. You're re-figuring out who you are within all of these different dynamics as a stepmom or a stepparent and then Mm -hmm. also trying to figure out where you fit in with the ex, your partner's ex, Mm -hmm. um, and all of these things. So that was quite the process. And also (laughs) Steve and I had to reevaluate all of our boundaries and how what we do share with each other now and what we don't share and we don't just go get breakfast on our anniversary anymore, which we had done a lot of times yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> things <yeah>. like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And finding out how to make sure that Matt felt seen and respected within that new dynamic as well. And it's interesting since we've been recording the podcast, I've learned, we've all learned all three of us new things about that situation that we didn't know either the other one was feeling or things mm-hmm. that happened. There was a, there were more texts between Matt and Steve in checking mm. in with each other than I ever realized. Yeah. And that is, first of all, an act of humility and true respect for the other parent. For sure. Um, and there was a lot of recognizing that the things maybe we thought we wanted were important. Um, I remember one specific time, Matt's kids were out riding their bikes in the backyard. And so all five of us are in back, Matt and Penny and I and um, Matt's kids and they're riding their bikes and Penny's like, well, I want to learn to ride my bike. And she was old enough. And so Matt busts out a tiny bike and starts teaching her how to ride her bike. And I'm like, this is so great. And so fun to watch my new husband connect with my daughter. And also in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I hope Steve's okay with this because now here is something that he saw himself doing for sure with our daughter that he's now missing out on. And so I took a lot of pictures and sent him videos and I, I kind of prepped him before he showed up just saying, Hey, look, this is exciting. And, um, and he, he said, he's like, I thought about it. And I thought, and he had those thoughts of crap. This is what I wanted to teach her. I wanted to be there for this moment. And he also then said, he thought, but what's important here. What's really important is that my daughter's excited and she's happy. And when he's like, when I show up at that house, she's going to want to show me that she can ride her bike. right? And he's like, I can make it about me and put some backhanded comment in there. Man. Or I can say, this is so cool, Penny. I'm so happy for you and match her excitement and let her show me yeah. what she's learned. And so there were just lots of moments of that and continue to be moments of that um, where we try to be respectful of those situations and really acknowledge... We just need to match Penny's excitement and or her feelings and emotions yeah. around this situation instead of projecting what we hoped it would be or what we thought we would yeah. get to be, you know, be there for all of the first and you just can't when you're in a co-parenting situation.
0: Absolutely. Wow. You know, one of the best definitions of love I've ever heard is sacrifice. Mm. And here is Steve sacrificing his his desire to be there for that moment, which anyone would understand. Mm-hmm. And he could have, like you said, make it about himself. But he sacrificed those feelings to actually match her excitement and to be there for her. That's love.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's amazing.
1: And that's the thing that, I mean, I've taken from this whole experience that I've had. I always say, if you told me when I was 16 that I was going to marry a gay man, <laughs> stay married to him after I knew he was gay and had a child with him right. and then be friends with him after we got divorced, I would be like, you are crazy. <laughs> like right. that is straight up crazy. Yeah. Um, And now I look at it and I'm like, this has been a gift to learn how to love people and ex- loving in new ways that I never thought I would, um, people always are like, well, you just keep talking about your ex-husband. Your husband has to feel bad about that or jealous yeah, or uh, not seen or is important. Trust me, I have lots of talks with Matt about this to check in and make sure we're good. Yeah. Um, but Matt always says he's like, love is expansive. And he's yeah. like, Jessica can love Steve still and love me. It's different types of love and yeah. they're equally important and beautiful. He's like, but I know Jessica has my back um, in different ways and Jessica has Steve's back in different ways and it, it just works. Man. And so I'm very lucky that I married somebody that understands that, that understands that this is such a great uh, thing for him and for our daughter and for it's. Great for all of us. Yeah. It's not just. It's not about Steve. It's not about me. It's not about Penny. It's it's about all of us being able to find that. So, and I should Dang. say, please, <laughs> Stephen. So with Matt's ex wife, we have a very different relationship. It okay. is a very more yeah. typical divorced co parenting situation okay, sure. um, that I talked about before. You know, pick up and drop off is at the church parking lot, and we communicate through email and all of these things. And so, I want people to understand that. I know that not everybody can have this type of relationship. Okay, I've yeah. experienced it firsthand sure. yeah. and it's okay. Like that's okay too. Yeah. Um. figure out what works for you and figure out what works for the kids and what's beneficial for everybody involved. Because with Matt's relationship with his ex, the kids now know what to expect because we've put all of those very strict boundaries in place of, you know, this is how it looks. This is what we have to do. And so the kids know what to expect and it is the best thing for the kids that we communicate and that it's structured that way so it doesn't have to be all (laughs) yeah you don't have to spend holidays together to have a a good relationship for the kids
0: exactly I'm glad you pointed that out because some you know again it's different for everybody on some level and but again I really do appreciate what you're doing so you guys do this podcast together right yeah Which is really cool. What what made you decide to do this podcast? And again, that's another bold move. Yeah, especially the way you guys formatted this. So talk mm-hmm. about that and and kind of what your mission is with this podcast.
1: Yeah. So, um, I knew for a long time that I would not have more children. Like. Penny was six months old. I wanted to have another one right away. Mm-hmm. And I remember just having this distinct feeling that I would not have more kids. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that it was because I was going to share mine and Steve's story. And at that point, we were still married.
0: Yeah. And
1: so I was thinking, okay, we're going to make it through this. And we're going to share our story to give others mm-hmm. hope. And while we that is exactly what we do still, <laughs> it's different than what I had thought at the for time. Sure, yeah. And so uh, for years, I just knew that I needed to, first of all, enjoy my little girl. She was going to be my one kid my that was 100% mine. <laughs> and <Yeah, right. laughs> uh, stepkids are another story. They are great and I enjoy them, but it's just different. Sure. Um, But also I knew that this would be my calling in life. And so once Matt and I made it through kind of our first five years of marriage that were really hard, uh, I felt like, okay, now is the time. Like now is our, yeah. I am emotionally in a good spot. I yeah. have the emotional capacity to now give more of myself. I'd already been sharing it with other people. And but this was the chance to do it. Like I knew it was time to go for yeah. it. And I called Steve one night and I said, Okay, Steve, I'm gonna start a podcast. <laughs> um I'm gonna be sharing our story. You can be in it with me or not. I would love it if you did join me, but let me know what you think. Mm. And he He's like, give me a couple weeks. I'm like, that's fine. And he came back and he said, you know, I just would have loved to have something like this when we were going through everything, when we were married, when we got divorced, whenever it was during yeah, this whole thing. Right. He's like, if I had been able to hear somebody's story that was just similar to us, yeah. it would have given me so much hope and peace yeah. and, um, and clarity. And he's like, I, I can't withhold that from other people. I can't keep that gift to myself. And so we decided to go forward and we decided, you know, if we're going to do this, it should be all three of us because that is the relationship dynamic. And, um, and it is a a different podcast than most. I mean, (laughs) we we don't interview (laughs) a ton of people. We mostly sit down and start at the beginning of our story and yeah. share everything we've been through. Um, it gets pretty entertaining sometimes when Matt's oh, asking, yeah. you know, <laughs> details about mine and Steve's life and we talk about everything. So, um That's why we do it. And that's why we're here today and and why we created that dynamic. Why we decided on that dynamic is just we knew the power in that. Steve, at this point, he he recently moved in with his boyfriend, who I absolutely adore. He is such a great man. And I'm so glad that they have each other and that Penny now has these, I mean technically is not Penny's dad but she's got these three men in her life for
0: sure that yeah. just
1: adore her that's and amazing. are looking yeah. after her um and Matt and I are still active in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints so it definitely creates a interesting dynamic very interesting yeah uh, that we all work through and that we enjoy and that's meaningful and and powerful so i think it gives people a perspective of you know you can see things differently you can yeah. you you can believe one thing and still genuinely love and support another person in their life. And so that's that's why we're here doing what we're doing. Love
0: it. Love it. And I love that you're doing it. You know the 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 word that keeps going through my mind as I'm listening to you is how important communication is.
1: Oh, yes. Right?
0: <laughs> like really truly communicating how mm-hmm. you're feeling. And where you're at, and 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 also you you talked about how you are always checking in to, hey, are you okay with this? You know, yeah. It's it's really just making sure, hey, are we talking here? I mean, that's what I keep hearing.
1: It's about helping people fee- feel seen and heard. Mm. I and, and that's what's made it work is Steve feels seen and heard, Matt feels seen and heard, I feel seen and heard, and understanding that, and also Penny, like we encourage her to speak up and tell us what it is she's feeling yeah. and. And also, like sometimes I'll tell one of the guys, I'm like, hey, I'm not okay right now. I don't know why. I'm going to take a little bit and figure it out and come back and tell you. But it is that communication. I always think of Renee Brown and I love what she says about clear is kind and unclear is unkind. Mm. And that goes back to being clear with ourselves. We have to first be clear with ourselves because that is being kind to ourselves when we can be clear with ourselves. And then being clear with that other person we get so hung up on well if i say this thing if i express my feelings this person's going to feel bad but yeah. really they know something's wrong and they feel worse because we're not telling them what it is or they can't understand. But when we welcome them in and we are clear with them about what's going on, we open up that door to be it's kind and they can love us. And that that communication is, it's so key.
0: Dang, I love that. Clear as kind, unclear as unkind. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brene Brown. Yes, thank you. You're amazing. (laughs) She is amazing. She really is. She's (laughs) awesome. Wow, thanks for sharing that. That's so, uh, so amazing. I mean, you're doing a lot. You have this, uh, the bold logic. Yes. What is that?
1: So, (laughs) (laughs) we have a few different things going on with the bold logic. Um, the parts that Steve and Matt are really involved in, are, first of all, obviously the podcast, but then we've created some different things like small, I'm going to call them small products, physical things that you can use to create connection in your family. Uh, one of them is called a little dude. We sell him right now only at Christmas time. And it's just a little game that Steve used to play with his family. And now we've played Steve Uh and I played it and now we play, and it's just a little thing to bring connection. We know that sometimes it's really hard to connect. Yeah. Um, and so simple things can bring you together. Like, oh, I can take this little guy and hide him around the house and put him in like my stepson's room where maybe, you know, I don't connect with my stepson as easily, but he's going to know I put it there to think of him. Like, it's just like something showing a little thought and then he takes it and hides it somewhere else and somebody else gets to find it. So we have things like that. We have products like that. We are also, um working on a greeting card line for co-parents and exes and like step parents, which I'm really excited about. Very Uh, but ultimately at this point, the main thing that I do is I, I run a group coaching program for women, the unicorns. We are the unicorns. unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) We are bold, majestic unicorns. (laughs) And the idea behind that is we're going through this very unique experience Mm -hmm. of having a partner come out. That's, I work mostly with those women. I also work with women who are going to, through divorce and co-parenting okay. um, or women who are even struggling with their faith, things like that, and being intentional in their faith. Yeah. Um, but mostly I work with women who their spouses or partners have come out and helping them figure out what their life looks like now and rethinking all of these things that come along with that of, you know, this isn't who I thought the father of my parent or my children was going to be like, it's a different dynamic and understanding that and processing that. And that has been so powerful and fulfilling um, to watch these women be able to gain clarity and understand that, you know, they're going to be okay. They can figure this out and just work through all those feelings and to feel like they have a safe place to express all of these different emotions that come when a partner comes out that, people don't relate like people don't really understand you love this person so much and have probably had a very good relationship with them. And all of a sudden um, they've come out and it's just this whole you want to support them and you want them to be happy and you want them to embrace this side of themselves. But it also means you feel like you're getting left behind of but that what does that mean for me? Like, what does that look like? And that's something you do have to process and heal from and understand. So that's what we're doing. That yeah. is amazing. It's I, fun.
0: I love that. You've brought up this word a few times in our conversation today, uh, intention. Mm, yes. Why is that so important? And then maybe explain what intention is if someone's not quite understanding what that means.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I think of intention as living with purpose. Of yeah. it, you, There's an understanding of why you're doing what you do. And so I think when we can again, get clear on what it is we want and who we are, mm-hmm. we then are more intentional with our lives. We yeah, can show up in a way that feels that there's a why behind it. There, that there's a real understanding of why you are doing that thing instead of just doing it because, mm. you know, that's what I've been taught to do and this is the thing that I should do. Or even understanding, well, this is what feels right for me. But understanding why it feels right yeah. and why you want to do that. And I think, you know, it, I, I brought up faith Often we feel we just go along with the flow in faith. We've been told what to do, which is awesome and beautiful and can be a great guide um, sometimes. But then sometimes we get bitter because we're thinking, but this isn't, why am I doing this? Like I didn't make this choice really. Like I wasn't intentional about it. I just went along because that's what I was raised to do. And so understanding if that was what you wanted and if this is what feels right to you um, and then it being intentional about it from going forward really lets you live let's just shed off a lot yeah, of those hard sure. feelings. Yeah. So
0: I love that intention, which is really <laughs> your purpose and uh, gives you why am I doing this? I think there's a quote I'll probably butcher it, but it's by Mark <laughs> Twain that says the two most important days of your life were the day you were born and the day you found out why. Yeah. You know, and so I really love that. And obviously you live your life with intention because w- I've been following you <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think that's why you're in the position you're in and all the good things you're doing. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I want to I wanna share, we were talking about this off the air, um, an Instagram post that you put on, yeah. uh, that you put up the other day. And I want to read, is that okay if I read That's that? totally fine. Okay. And, and then I'm going to let you explain. Okay. So um, I just took it directly from her post and it says, but what if I'm wrong? What if I'm letting my desire to love others and help them love themselves lead me down a path that is wrong? This is a question I have pondered on a lot lately, and I keep coming back to the same conclusion based on Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets and and of the prophets. So I choose to love, I know I will not love perfectly, but I can do my best to love as Christ would love. How do you show love to others? Beautiful post. I loved it. Um, explain a little bit more of why you decided to put that up and, and to talk
1: about this. Um, I found that often we use our religious beliefs to keep us from loving people in a way that christ loved mm. and i don't again comes down to intention that's not our intention yeah. it's just we get hung up on but this is how life is supposed to look this is how i was taught these people are supposed to live and this is what i was taught will bring me the will bring me the most happiness and yeah. therefore it's going to bring all these other people the most happiness we get hung up in that space and forget that Christ loved the marginalized. He was out there right, yeah. loving these people who were the outcasts, who were not, you know, who were like us, who were yeah. <laughs> making mistakes along the way, <laughs> right. and the resi- religious zealots at the time who were living the letter of the law. That's who he spoke out against. Yeah, that is who he condemned, and w- and that's why he ultimately ended up being crucified is because they did not want to be proven wrong they wanted to be stuck in that um you know i'm right because i'm doing all the things which is kind of an easier place to stay sometimes yeah i do this and this and this and it's all going to be okay but when we open ourselves up to loving as christ truly loved things can get a little sticky messy yeah um there's things that we don't understand, things that we can't see right now, things that are hard to embrace. But that's where the growth happens. Yeah. And that's where I I I personally feel that's where Christ wanted us to be. Like, yes, you've done these things right. You have learned how to stay in line. Now I want you to go beyond that. Yeah. And figure out how to love when it's hard,
0: yeah. when it's
1: messy, when it's the when it's these people who really need our love to see their worth. And I have always felt that if if people are ever going to come to Christ or be a part of my religion or whatever, you know, yeah. people just need to know their self-worth. People need to be able to feel their self-worth within them. And we as Other individuals in their lives as humans can help them feel that to see their worth, for sure, and to um, connect to a greater power because because they feel loved. Yeah. If if we can't get to that point where we love ourselves, we can't feel the love of Christ as strongly in our lives. It's still there; we can still feel it, right? But we can't feel that love from our heavenly parents until we've really embraced our self worth and think. Oh yeah, that's why they love me. Yeah, yeah, they love me because <laughs> yeah. of that. They made me this way. Right. They want me to go ahead and do that thing because, because they they've inspired me to. They've put these yeah. desires within my heart. Um, and same goes with the people around me. That they were created this way for a reason. Yeah. Their path looks different than mine, and that doesn't matter. I'm still here to love. Yeah. And I just. I don't know. People call me out because I am so like I am very loud about being an LGBTQ plus advocate and an ally and yeah. um, especially within my religion. And I just feel
0: thank you for doing that. Though.
1: <laughs> well, thanks. Seriously. I just I watched what Steve went through and yeah. how hard he tried to check all the boxes and yeah. cross all the T's and mm-hmm. dot all the I's. And it about killed him. Um, I mean, yeah. he was suicidal for years after wow. we got divorced and I would sleep with my phone on. I told him for years, my phone is on at night. You can call me anytime. And he did several times and I'd have to, you know, please, please go home, go to bed. Yeah. Call me first thing in the morning or I will be pounding down your door. Even yeah. if you live, he was in Oklahoma for a while. I'm like, I will show up in Oklahoma <laughs> if I do not hear <laughs> yes, from you.
0: I will get there, yeah.
1: Um, but I just don't believe Our heavenly parents intended that to be that way, that these children Mm -hmm. that they created uh, perfectly, just as we were created perfectly, should feel that shame and carry that guilt for something that's so innate and a part of them. Um, And so I will love. And if it's wrong, so be it. But it brings me joy. And I've seen the power of helping others. And I, I just feel like we can't go wrong.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, beautifully said. Thanks. Dang. You're so easy to talk to. <laughs> well, like, thank no, you. No, you really are. You just very well spoken and very calming, peace, peaceful feeling about you. Um, it kind of chokes me up. So, if there's <laughs> someone listening to you right now, Jessica, who's struggling, you've already you've already shared some really awesome stuff. But that one person right now who's listening to this belief cast of yours who's struggling. Mm-hmm. What's one thing you could tell them that would help them in, in this moment?
1: I mean, I I just want people to know that they are loved, that they are of worth. The things you are doing, you are enough as you are. These are things we hear every day. But I, I want people to feel that yeah. deep inside of them. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to be doing more to mm-hmm. be of worth. You don't have to be living up to... All of these high expectations yeah. that we put on ourselves and that we yeah. we see every day, um, it's not necessary. And your unique gifts that you have been given, just lean into those things and don't worry mm-hmm. about doing all the other things. I just yeah. always think there are things yeah. I am horrible at and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It does not matter. I get to acknowledge and embrace the people that are good at those things. So just acknowledge the good inside of you and just go with that. Just Mm. embrace that and know that that is your gift. That is what you've been given. Um, Give it to yourself. Make sure you embrace it for yourself, that you are finding that love and space for yourself. And then you get to give it to other people.
0: Wow, I love that. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. If someone wants to reach out to you and... You know, ask you a question or learn more about what you're doing. Um, you know, listen to your podcast if if those those that want to do that. What's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, so we are on Instagram at husband in law. You can find us there. Okay, um, and then of course the podcast is husband in law. It is on all podcasting platforms. You can email me at just get the bold logic.com. Um, But those are the best places to find us: just Instagram and and the podcast. Okay. And yeah, but if you have questions directly for me, DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'm around. I'm available. Great. I respond. Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: you do. Well, and I'll put all of that in the show notes too. So people can have the links to everything that you have. And again, I, I don't know. I thank you just for being willing to, you know, sh- you're in town for just like a quick moment and you stop by here live to sit in front of me. Thank you for being willing to do that. And, and thank you for being a light in this world. We all need it.
1: Yeah, thank you for making the time. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Oh, man. Sharing our stories.
0: Yeah, this is beautiful, man. I, I'm just like, I, I, I'm the spoiled one because I get to sit here face to face and hear this first person. It's awesome. Um, but thank you for all you're doing. Um, props to Matt and Steve for your example as well. You guys are all amazing. They're good guys. Um, they are. They're good guys. But you're you're great, Jessica. And I'm so grateful that I know you now personally. I knew you from <laughs> a distance through social media. Um, but thank you for uh, all you're doing and keep up the good work. And if there's anything I can do in the future for you to help you out and your cause, I'm i I'm happy to do it.
1: Oh, thank you. Likewise.
0: Okay. well, guys, there you go. I told you this was going to be awesome. Jessica Fru, please reach out to her. Uh, check out all her stuff. She's doing amazing things. Her podcast is awesome. You guys got to check it out. You'll just be inspired. And if you are one who's going through a divorce or, you know, you have someone who's coming out in your family. Mm-hmm. Um... Th- Jessica's the one you can kind of lean on and she's got so much information around all that that would be so helpful and this podcast uh that you shared today is just so filled with some amazing things so love you guys thanks for tuning in and jessica to all to to you and your family all the best to all of you thanks okay take care everyone love you guys